It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. Where'd Joppy Mouse? Huh? Where'd Joppy? Uh, he, he right there. What happened? I had no time to be tying him up easy. What? You just said don't shoot him, right? That's right. Well, I didn't. I just, I, I choked him. Well, how am I going to help you out if I'm, if I'm back here fooling around with him now? Easy. Look, if you ain't wanting to kill, why'd you leave him with me? All right. Welcome to the film with three brains. Sam in San Francisco. This is Sean in Chicago. And Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And today we are reviewing Devil in a Blue Dress. It's the 1995 film uh, starring um, Denzel Washington. Uh, Sean, have you, have you seen this? I had. I didn't remember it very well at all, but I have seen it. I had seen it before. Uh, so I'm the only one who hadn't seen it. And then Cohen, when did you see it? Uh, I saw it when it came out. I haven't seen it since, and I didn't remember it very well at all. Um, and I, I've read the book, but I, I read it when I read it around the time the movie came out, so I don't really remember it at all. I couldn't tell you what's different or the same. Or... So this, this, I, I couldn't tell you. I, while I was watching it, it was pretty much as if I hadn't seen it. My memory was that hazy. All right. Well, before we get into it, I'll give a brief synopsis, which. About 20 minutes into the movie, I would have been like, what is this movie about? Because, yeah, like, like who, who, why, why is he getting hired and all this stuff? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Denzel Washington is Easy Rollins, Ezekiel Easy Rollins. And he is, uh, he lost his job at the aircraft factory and his bartender buddy introduces him to a guy who's looking for a missing white woman. And uh, this is set in the in the late 1940s, uh, so right, right there that seems weird. And the reason he's hired is because the woman was known to uh, frequent um, like underground jazz clubs and the juke joints uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, so, so somewhere where the where where she would be a standout, and anyone looking for her who was white would be a standout. Um, anyway, so as he as he uh, as he starts to look for, her, he gets caught in uh, intrigue, espionage, um, mystery. Uh, uh, yeah, it's. I think they do a really good job at the beginning of making it confusing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you're like, wait, there's two guys running for mayor. They both kind of care where this woman is, and I'm like, what? I don't get that because she's only with the one guy. Like, you know, and they do a really good job of setting up a mystery, I guess, is, is what it comes down to, where where you don't even know kind of <laughs> what exactly yeah. the plot is. Um, but, you know, once you start solving it and things start falling in place, you're like, I don't know, I, I liked it more and more. Um, and it's it's more about, you know, solving them. Like, why is this woman important? What information does she have? What's it about her? Um and how does she relate to these, you know, two guys running for mayor? And then also, how does Easy get out of this situation he gets stuck in? Because the cops, uh, you know, blame him for a dead body, and uh, he doesn't have he doesn't have a way out unless he solves solves the whole thing. Right. Um, 
so that's that's the summation. I'm sure we'll 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 get to all the spoilers as we talk about it. I agree that like twenty or thirty minutes in, I finally started going, oh, like yes, <laughs> yeah. I started caring too. Like you you were saying, yeah. you start you start actually seeing the threads of the plot, and you're like, okay, now I now I see what's happening. But if you don't know that it's um a whole detective series or that he's that he will become a detective, you're like, what is he doing all this crap for? Like yeah. what? You know, like he just trusted this guy because he gave him a hundred dollars. Like, you know, because he had to pay his mortgage. And but I mean, if in the in the greater context, you're like, okay, because I believe this is the first. This is based on the first book of the series. I think it is. Right? Which yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's him become like because toward the end, he or at the end, I think he's like, well, maybe I should become a private private detective. <laughs> right. So in hindsight, I think it made a lot more sense than it did for the first half hour. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> there was a period a while ago, several years ago, where I read every book Raymond Chandler wrote and most of the ones Desheel Hammett wrote. And then a few Agatha Christie's. Like I went, I don't know, I had like this obsession with detective novels for a while. And this definitely falls into the sort of Raymond Chandler uh, school of story t- uh, mystery storytelling where it, it, like... It's just a, a a whole bunch of crap going on that don't seem related at all. And then, you know, halfway through, all of a sudden something clicks and it all sort of comes together. And you're like, oh, OK, that's mm-hmm. why this, that and the other thing, which is sort of played for, for you know, laughs in um, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Yeah. Uh, uh, quite effectively. I like that movie a lot. In fact, it you know, that, that movie has chapter headings every, you know, whatever, 15 minutes that are the titles of Desh- yeah. uh, uh, Raymond Chandler books. Yeah, that's cool. Anyway, I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, Walter Mosley, I think, is still alive. So clearly, you know, I would assume he has been, as a writer, somewhat influenced by uh, Raymond Chandler. I would think. Just, just you know, structurally, it, it seemed a lot like it. His mm-hmm. books. He is still alive. Yeah, sixty-nine years old. Yeah. I do. I um, will say I remember. Though I don't remember the movie very well, I remember liking it more than I did this time around. Not that I disliked it. I just I remember really, really liking it, thinking it was a really good movie. And this time around, I was like, that oh, was all right. That was pretty good. So I really liked it this time more than I liked it because I never saw it. Before. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down. Oh, I yeah. think. Okay, so I think. I, the movie's plot's interesting and I agree like uh, you know I mentioned it and Sean echoed it and I'll re-echo it is that the first 20 minutes 30 minutes is kind of hard like yeah. you're like you're confused whatever but the the style in which it's done and everything else about it like if if you're I just I it like sucked me in as like oh this is dark it's you know something mysterious is going on like they set up this atmosphere that I couldn't figure out that I, but I really like the atmosphere and then when it started to fall into place and Don Shadow shows up, I was like, I don't even care. Like, I just want to watch Don Shadow. Like, he, yeah. he was such a great he's character. Great. Yeah. And mouse, I mean, right? he's, a, he's a psychopath. Yeah, Mouse. <laughs> yeah. He's a total psychopath. But he's like, he's he's the bad guy that so many talked about it before. You have to have a bad, bad guy. Like, he's on yeah. the side, but he's the psychopath you want to watch. You're yeah. like, this absolutely crazy yeah. <laughs> like, but he doesn't see it at all yeah you know? he's got he's got that great line 
He's like, if you didn't want him dead, why'd you leave me alone with him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, which is so, and he says it so earnestly. Like, it's yeah. just like, it's fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminded like, me, it kind of actually kind of reminded me of a, a slightly more likable version of um, Snoopy Miller, uh, the character he played in Out of Sight. Uh, one of our double ups. Yeah. True. Yes. Yeah, a, a bit more charming, a, a, a little bit softer around the edges, I suppose. A little. Yeah. No, I mean that was the thing. He seemed totally. That was like the perfect psychopath because he seemed totally charming. He just yeah. to kill people, <laughs> you know, like for no reason. Yeah. And what a what a strange thing to like. Also totally unexpected that here's a guy who's oh again you know denzel washington is in over his head trying to solve this mystery he's got you know this this deadline hanging on him that the police are going to come for him he's got this other guy mm-hmm. and the person he calls for help is a psychopath <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's that's kind of crazy in itself yeah <laughs> yeah did so were there other double, double ups other other than yes, uh, at least two others? Is Tom I, I Sizemore one of them? I don't think so. He's not, isn't he? No, I don't think so. I can't. Crazy, he's in so much stuff, and I, I know I can't believe this is the first time we've hit, we've hit him. Um, one of the other ones is uh, Terry Kinney, uh, who's in the firm. Oh yes, that he was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, and then um, Maury Chaykin. Maury Chaykin was in Twins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw that guy, the, I guess he's Carter, right? Running for mayor, one of the mayoral candidates. The, yeah. The guy, and it took me like a minute. I'm like, where does, where, and I'm, oh yeah, the firm. That's right. Yeah, I struggled to find in, find people or, I mean, Jennifer Beals, I guess, I don't know what, why we would have come across her before, but she's she's interesting just because she's so, not noteworthy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, you know, along those lines, I looked up her IMD, you know, her filmography on IMDb because I can only think of one or two other movies I've seen her in besides Flashdance. Like, for me, she's Flashdance. That's it. Yeah. I was surprised how extensive her filmography is. Like, she's been working steadily since then. It's just all in stuff I've never seen. Yeah. Well, she's in another Denzel Washington movie, The Book of Eli. She's in that? Yeah. I saw that movie. I don't remember her in it at all. What does she do? Is she toward... Her name is Claudia in that one. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'll have to watch that again. Um, but she's... um. <clears throat> well, I guess she had, a, she had a sex scene with Denzel, and it didn't make it. Oh. Um... It didn't say why. It just said it was edited edited out. Hmm. But I was trying I like to figure out how that. Well, right. That would have that would have been weird. I mean, where where would that have occurred? I guess somewhere in the middle, right? When they're or at the very she, end, or at the very end. But at the very end, she's like, "Well, I love this guy," and then you know he right. shits on her, and it's. Um, but I mean. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I mean, there's there's a lot of relationship weirdness, quote-unquote weirdness, like the, you know, the the actual sex scene, which is Denzel with this this woman who 
gets killed and his uh, and her lover is, you know, passed out in, in the next room. And it's sort of like, OK, well, you know, like, I mean, it's 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 interesting because he says, oh, I, you know, she got as much out of me as I did out of her information wise. It wasn't sexual or anything. It was just like, you know, that was there was importance to that that connection. But <laughs> it's sort of glossed over like, well, yeah, you know, I screwed. I mean, then he's, he kind of fesses up to the guy later. Right. When they're all hanging out and he's like, yeah, does he fess up? What? No, he doesn't. He just he doesn't. No. sorry. Yeah. He says, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And he get, and he gives. Yeah. It's just an extra. It's an extra big. Sorry. Which you can. What we all know is like he's saying sorry because. <laughs> yeah. I have more to, to apologize for than, you know, but. I don't know. I guess that's not that not that big a deal, but it was. Uh, yeah. I, I just couldn't figure out how if you had him sleeping with a, another person, like how do you <laughs> how do you paint him as the good guy after a while? You're like, well, what is he doing? Yeah. Anyway, it didn't happen. It didn't make the movie. So who cares? We'll move on. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was interesting. And what was the uh, was it David Allen Greer was was uh, did he audition or was he actually considered for this before uh, Denzel? No, no, no. He auditioned for the role of uh, Mouse. Oh, for Mouse. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he was considered or not. I don't. <laughs> you know, all I could find is that he auditioned. Yeah, that makes like sense. A, a blurb. I, I can't see Denzel losing or much less auditioning for. Right. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Even in '95. I wonder. I would. No. I would be curious. I. I think it's. I always find it interesting, like, to contemplate when actors stopped auditioning, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for like Denzel Washington, how how long has it been since he had to audition for a role? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you it's been a long, long, long time. <laughs> yeah, it's probably. It's before this, yeah. Yeah. Well, also Philadelphia came out before this. Right. So that was, you know, that was a big deal. More, yeah, probably more so for Tom Hanks and, than Denzel Washington, but still. Yeah, I guess, you know, because he got noticed and, and awarded for glory in 1989. So I sure, sure. after that, that's when he got Yeah, noticed. yeah. yeah that's it, when I noticed it, him. It's that's... funny you mentioned glory because I was thinking, when I was watching Devil in a Blue Dress, I kept thinking how Don Cheadle just, he just like steals, I mean... This is Denzel Washington, and when they're in scenes, you can't you can't take your eyes off of Don Cheadle. Yeah, you're right. You know he's so good, and it reminded me that Denzel Washington for a long time, or I don't know if it's a long. A lot of his roles are very subdued. You know, he's by nature he seems to be a somewhat restrained actor. Everything he does is pretty understated. And I was thinking about movies where he's not understating. Glory came to mind, mm-hmm. and how great he is at it. And I, it made me, it, yeah, it made me sort of yearn for, a, 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 to, for Denzel Washington to do more roles like that or, or to have maybe performed, you know, his takes on characters have been more like that in, in, in other movies he's already done. I don't know. Like it made me miss him as an actor in that sort of more flamboyant role because he's really good at it. Yeah. And did for a, see, um, yeah. Uh, did you see, see a Roman J. Israel Esquire? No. I wouldn't say that it's a great um, movie, but it's it's fun to see him play a different character than he usually is. Yeah, because he's been kind of the like you said, this understated tough guy. 
mm-hmm. for a while. Um, and uh, in, in the Roman J. Israel, he is not. He's mm. a very, very different guy. Mm. And he's and set in the 70s. He's got this giant Don King hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> um, Glasses. No, I, oh, yeah. tra- training day really comes to mind is, is sort of, for, and that's <laughs> like the one role for me where he's the least Denzel-y. You know, it's not understated at all. <laughs> yeah, which is which is yeah, interesting because it's very villainous and it's fantastic. You know, he's yeah. he's just like electric when he's when he's being not understated. Not that he's not a commanding presence, but you know when he is doing his thing. But I just like him when he's you know he cuts loose. Yeah, you could say uh, when he did Malcolm X, he was pretty fired up. But I mean, it's yeah. that, that's kind of required if you're. You know, oratory style and all that stuff. Like you gotta, you gotta bring it. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's, I don't think he ever misses. Like you know. Right. I mean, he, he, it's by design. Like he, like you said, he's, he's understated, restrained when the role calls for it. But when it's, yeah, when he has to be, uh, this detective kingpin, crazy man. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody better than him. Yeah. It's what I always think of is, um. I don't know what I don't I can't even give you a, a proper anecdote, but just sort of like the the time when um probably around training day when people came to to see Denzel, yeah. um, and they would get mad if he was he was not the good guy. <laughs> and that's a perfect example because he's like, even in that movie, you're still like, well, maybe, well, no, maybe, you know, and they're like, no, no, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, you keep right. wanting to see something, it means something. And you know, Ethan Hawke is like the rest of us. Like, no, is he good? No, I can't. I can't deal with this. <laughs> but it's weird to think about audiences being upset and like wanting to walk out because of the the person you came to see is not in the role that you wanted to see him in. Yeah. Or see her in. You know, like that. It's so it's so bizarre that we will go to a movie based on liking a, liking this this person, this actor. But then, like having qualifications about like what what the movie, what, how it's going to turn out. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's a if that's that still happens or if that's like more of a sign of the times or what. But fascinates me. I think we like our heroes to be heroes. I mean, there, there's, and I think a lot of actors know that when when they're when they're the good guy, they don't want to be the bad guy. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, but nobody goes to see Gary Oldman and says, "Oh shit, he's the bad guy." Like, you know, no, he's probably gonna, he's going to be either the a really good guy or a really bad guy. He's going to be a huge part of the movie, whatever he is, mostly. Yeah. But also, he's not like a traditional leading man actor. The right, way he's the a, is or no? True. I, 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 it reminds me of um, when uh, we're talking about Tom Hanks in Philadelphia when. Um, Road to Perdition came out. I was very excited to see it because the character he plays is a um, uh, hitman, a very effective yeah, hitman. Yeah, and you know, in the 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 graphic novel, it's based on is is pretty dark and violent, and the movie itself is fairly dark and violent. But I was a little disappointed by the fact that Tom Hanks's character was still kind of Tom Hanksy. Yeah. You know, like he still was pretty likable, you know, and they still they softened the edges a little bit. And uh, I was like, man, <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked it if it uh, sort of. I still liked it. I like that movie. It's it's a good movie. 
Yeah. Um, I just, I, I would have liked it. It was a little, a little more raw, you know? So if a little so more big, edge to it, if the his, big his scene role. for him was when he has the Tommy gun and he's just laying waste yeah. to those guys in the alley, like yeah. that was that, like you're, you're thinking that should have been him the whole time. And that was most of yeah. us felt like that was a almost a turning point. We're like, Oh, right. <laughs> right. He's that guy. <laughs> yeah. And that was fine. You know, like it, I understand it from a, like a storytelling perspective. He's got his son with him and all that, but I don't yeah. know. I was just, I was, I was really eager to see Tom Hanks in a very, very, very different role than he's ever done. And it turned out it was still kind of similar, you know, yeah. <laughs> and not that that's necessarily bad. I just, uh, you know, that's true though, because you can't picture him. I mean, he, I think that fits in what, what I was just saying about Denzel, like people come, mm -hmm. they expect a certain sure. amount of entertainment from Tom Hanks. And it's, we generally don't expect him to be scary or dark or right sinister or that or any of that stuff or even if he like like you said like he still comes off pretty likable mm -hmm. i can't yeah you're right i can't think of anything in tom hanks is like a real son of a bitch yeah um that shitty uh coen brothers movie oh the lady killers i didn't actually see that but holy shit is it bad he, is he he's a he's a villain in that isn't he? i guess yeah he is, but it's still, it's sort of, it's it very, <laughs> it's pretty cartoony. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, man, that, that movie's bad. That is a weirdly, weirdly bad movie. And I think part of it is, if, if I, wait, did the Coen brothers direct that? I don't know. Or did they just write it? Or I, I thought that was one of the few where they did not write and direct it. They did one I, or the other. I know Irre Irreconcilable Differences is one of those two, like where they were producers, but not. Not irreconcilable differences you're talking about. Yeah. That's a Drew Barrymore movie from the 80s. Right. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> intolerable cruelty. Intolerable cruelty. <laughs> uh, yes, of course. That one, one kind of sucked too. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, maybe maybe just because it was a remake, the Lady Killers is a remake of a much superior film. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Oof. One of the Coen brothers' few missteps. Oh, hey. Uh, Their screenplay. That's it. Go, going, rewinding a little bit, I just got a tap on the shoulder from one of our interns. And uh, Tom Sizemore was in a movie we reviewed. Oh, yeah? What was he in? Yeah. Sean, you going to go for it? Well, that's why it was, it was, it's nagging in my brain, but um, no, just give it to me. <laughs> he's, he's Bat Masterson and Wyatt Earp. Oh, right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. Shit. Okay. That makes me kind of feel better though. Cause I did think we must've reviewed him before. And he will be a double up at some He's point. in everything. <laughs> he is in so many movies. He, yeah. He is. Well, speaking of guys you love to hate, I mean, he is a perfect villain because oh, yeah. I find him wildly unlikable. Oh yeah. And I know like, <laughs> It, you know, in this, obviously, he's a piece of shit when we know it. But I mean, the moment I, the moment I saw him, I thought he was a piece of shit. I'm like, I just I see him and I'm like, Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. He, he bugs me because, yeah, like um, Black Hawk Down, you know, he plays this heroic type, but but he's so nonchalant about it. Yeah, I, I can't help but see him as him playing this character. Like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird thing when you when you think you can see through 
the performance and see the person behind it. <laughs> but it may not be I fair. See through, your, through your performance, I know you're a smarmy bad guy. Even yeah, I know you're guy. not taking <laughs> it. I know. Well, I know you're not. This is not an act. You are really like this or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's not, I mean, he's been in good stuff. Yeah, like like Black Hawk Down. I, you know. So this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. If you look up Tom, Tom Sizemore's uh, filmography, he's got 36 movies <laughs> in various stages of completed post-production or pre-production, starting with 2021. What? Yeah, it's crazy. There's so <laughs> there's like one announced like 10 or 12 pre-production. He's got 2 4 5 filming, 2 4 6 8 10 12 uh 12 or 13 post-production, two completed and 1 2 3 4 5 6 already released. Is he having a mid to late life crisis? Uh, I mean, he's had a lot of legal troubles having to do with drugs and stuff. So maybe he's he needs money. Um, <laughs> his ch but, his children mean, are named Jaden and Jagger. <laughs> oh boy. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, but beyond, oh my God, he's in, this is nuts. He's in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 movies in 2019. Two, four. Uh, six, seven, eight, eight in 2020. Jesus, that's crazy. Anyway, I was going to say, um, he is, he is fairly unlikable most of the time, but I, he, I think he's a good actor and he's in some pretty damn good movies. He was in point break. Is he in one of the detectives? Yeah, no, he's yeah. the undercover cop. They blow, oh, his, right. they blow yeah. his case. He's they got, the, thing. He's got yeah. the bleach blonde hair or whatever. So he's like, you think I like this hair? Yeah, I haven't seen right. my wife in three months. <laughs> yeah, so he was good at that. Yeah. yeah. That's, one of my, yeah. that's one of my predictions of a future double up for him. Yeah. Also, I mean, he's, he's good in Saving Private Ryan. Yep. With Tom Hanks. Um, yes. Tom Hanks, yeah. He's good in Black Hawk Down. I mean, he's in some good movies. He's in Bringing Out the Dead. He's pretty good in that. I mean, he plays a lunatic, but... He's in Born in the Fourth of um, July. He's good in Heat. You know, yeah. like, he's in some really great movies. <laughs> yeah. He's in some crap, but, that's, you know, who isn't? I'm not. I've never been in a crappy movie. Yeah, me either. Yeah. My, st my standards are far too high. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not be in any movies. Take the high road. <laughs> be in a crap one. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, he's he's really despicable in the tough little blue dress. Okay, yeah, it says he he was in a, a TV series of VH1 shooting Sizemore about his you know in the midst of his his uh, his drug and clear career and his addictions to meth and heroin. Oof. And something about a conviction of the assault on Heidi Fleiss. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Know. Oh, yeah. We spent too much time on him. I think. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Denzel and Don Cheadle. And... <laughs> yeah. What about the uh, director? I don't know much about him. Uh, Carl Franklin. I, I, don't know. I think I've seen one or two other movies he's directed. Not much else. Um, he's, done, he's done a fair amount of TV, too. Yeah, Out of Time. I think that's the only other movie he's directed I've seen. Yeah. Also with Denzel Washington. 
That was okay. Yeah, he's directed some pretty good shows. House of Cards, Homeland, yeah. The Affair, Bloodline, Leftovers, Ray Donovan. Hmm. Mindhunter, he directed four episodes of. That was pretty good. I like that show. Yeah, he, he was an actor, too. And I think really the crowning achievement of his, his act, acting career is appearing as Dr. Willoughby on two episodes of ALF. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pat anyone's resume. <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, where do you go from Elf? I mean, it's, it's the pinnacle of television comedy. Dr. Willoughby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I could remember stuff like actual episodes like that. <laughs> of Elf? Of Elf, yes. <laughs> I just remember one or two like jokes that I thought were pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, so back to Devil in a Blue Dress. Right. Let's get us. This movie was a, a box office bomb. Yeah. I don't think it deserved to be a box office bomb. The budget seemed really uh, kind of high for this kind of movie. Yeah, it's that's true. Twenty seven million for something that didn't really have any special effects. Not a whole lot of sets. Not a whole lot of explosions. No. Yeah, but a period. Any period movie is going to be expensive. That's true. There's a lot of costume, a lot of cars. Yeah, yeah. all that stuff adds up. I so was, you, yeah. This, this came out in 95, is that right? Right. Yeah. And it's supposed so, to be about 1948. All right. So, I mean, he's coming off of, among other things, Malcolm X, Pelican Brief, Philadelphia, Crimson Tide. Yes. It's not surprising that they were willing to, you know, a studio was willing to shell out some cash for a Denzel Washington film. Sure. Yeah, the money probably went to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the 90s were pretty good for him, for the most part. To the siege. Jesus, what a terrible movie. The siege. <sighs> so bad. That was hmm. like in a prison or something. No, no, no. That's a maybe I don't know. Uh, it's it's like a dumbass movie about I I don't even remember uh, something <laughs> about like were there hostages? No, no, no. It's like a it's like a more it's bigger than that. It's like a almost like a insurrection in the United States. Like someone's threatening to basically take over. Oh. And they, you bring in Bruce Willis, this like arm, notorious army general, and they institute martial law and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just, it's really bad. Oh, uh, okay. Yep. That's rough. But yeah, so I, yeah, you got to imagine they were probably, there's a bunch of books. You've got to imagine they were probably hoping to make a franchise out of this. That would be my guess. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I feel like it kind of got ripped off. I, I really enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, maybe there's, I don't know, how many crime movies are are really good? I guess that's that's what it comes down to. Like, I don't know. I thought this one was pretty good. Yeah. Wait, how many crime movies are really good? So this, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm confused about, I think you're saying you're grading it on a curve, but I'm, yeah, well, because it's you have to grade it by the genre. You can't grade it. You just can't, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's the, maybe I'm putting it in today's context because now there's so much 
opportunity to watch so much of everything you have yeah. to go by genre you just can't say you just can't say oh, it's a good movie because you know and maybe 1995 you probably could but you have to be like it's a good crime movie it's a good movie but it's also like i think that a lot of crime movies are there you see where it's going too much and so mm-hmm. it has to be fun to get there Whereas this is like, you didn't really see where it was going. Um, you know, you started to get hints of it, but you didn't really see where it was going. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, you know, we're out of sight. You kind of see exactly where that's going. Sure. And yeah, it's well, a great I don't, story. That's not really a mystery or a detective story, though. But it, it's crime. It, oh, yeah, it's crime. Sure. But I think yeah. like just a straight up crime genre and a detective or mystery genre are different yeah True. of the movies we re- reviewed though that definitely falls you know closely together yeah i would put them together but what i was thinking about a lot was that the racial overtones or you know the the racial components of this were interesting but they were also kind of uh just useful they were just kind of used for context like the fact that you know they needed someone to go to these bars you know to find a, a mm-hmm. white lady that you know that sort of thing or, or like you know time size more scares the scares the white kid um after this this group of white white guys teenagers young young kids like mm-hmm. kind of hassle denzel which was very real but then they they turned it all the way around because then Tom Sizemore's character is the hero, even though he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. It, but you can see he's kind of psycho because he way overdoes it, puts a gun to the kid's head and all this stuff. But overall, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, well, I think that's part of the reason I, I'm like kind of anti Tom Sizemore. Like, I can't help but think he's got this one scene like in the kitchen, you know, when he, they come into his house and they're, mm-hmm. saying, what are you doing in my house? And he's there, starts like, when the gloves really come off and we kind of see who yeah. he is mm-hmm. and that he really doesn't give a shit about Denzel um, or easy. I'm sorry. So he doesn't give a shit about him and he, he's in the background and he's like, he's using the N word really freely. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm like, is that, is that in the script or is that Tom size? You, know, like, <laughs> you can't help but like wonder these things. Like anyway, but there's, yeah. So you there's just ad libbed all of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a little too comfortable with that. I don't know. Sean's going to be walking through LA and see Tom Sizemore and just go up to him and punch him in the face. <laughs> Get my ass beat, probably. That's for being you. That's for being you. No, but there's, so there's a lot of, um, you know, like, because I was yeah, trying to figure out the time period, like this is just after World War II. So yeah. he's, you know, they're coming back from war. Things are sort of going back to normal. And this is one of the things that is going back to normal is that, you know, um, you know, if you were uh, in, the, if you're, you're a uh, person of color in the war and then you come back home and then you go kind of go back to it reset, you know, like go back to the world you left and nothing has really changed, but they didn't, it wasn't a big deal. I, I don't think it really had to be a big deal. I just, I just felt like it, it, it was, um, it could have been a bit. It could have been a bit more pointed in places, and I, I don't know. I, I guess that's just wishful thinking. Like, you know, 
focus on something other than the detective story because that's all we care about is the plot, the girl, why is this happening, et cetera, et cetera. But the backdrop of it is what's one of the reasons that sets it apart from other detective stories. Yeah. And that backdrop is actually why certain things happen. Um, yeah. And, which is, which to me is interesting. I, I think watching some of the movies that we're going back and reviewing and, and seeing these, like, you're like, Oh, these racial tensions, like, like have been here and unchanged for decades. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. now in the context of, 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 you know, today and, and the movement, you know, that's happening and, you know, people trying to recognize that, that things should be equal to go back and watch this movie and some of the other movies we watched. Um, you know, this one I didn't see in the past, but but some of the others, it's like, it just, it's like, oh, it's right there in film. It's like, it's right, like, the thing that was wrong was just part of a movie. Like, it didn't, you didn't, because of where we grew up, we didn't have a frame of reference to know that it was just actually the truth. It wasn't just a movie, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of something you said a while back, Sam, about, you know, how history should just be history. You know, the thing it is, it was the way it was. But in the context of film, you have an opportunity to portray it however you want. So there's opportunity, but responsibility at the same time. And, and, and it, you can do, it can, but I'm, I guess what I'm thinking, what my, where I'm going is, when you when you're trying to like look at something in the past you want it to be gritty and real because you want to honor the sacrifices of people that have you know come before and the things that have actually you know these these things happened still right. happen but they but we shouldn't you know like sugarcoat it because we want to see you know a happier thing or we want to feel better about ourselves now but at the same right. time, like if we if if you did make a movie that was historically accurate of 1948, 1928, anything 30 or 40 years ago and more, you really have to take some risks with the audience because so much of what was happening then is not palatable anymore. And so you can only so you can you you kind of do here you you do touches. You do a little do a little this, a little that. Like here's the here's this neighborhood, this is how things work, this is how you know, people interact with each other and, but you, but you still have to, you stop it short because you don't want to like offend your modern audience. But at the same time, like there is a, there's an aspect of history to, to movies. I mean, I, I don't think I'm alone in saying this. I think we all kind of feel like this is that, you know, this is kind of documenting culture, right? Is that, is that going too far? Right. But this has to, in it, no, I don't. I don't think so because it fits the context of the movie. I mean, obviously, if you're talking about, you know, um, you know, Austin Powers being in the 1960s, you're not going to include anything. You're you're going to glorify the, the, you know, the 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 dance scene and the clothing because that right. the, the, the comedy aspect of it. But for this movie, it's it's what him being black is what gets him involved in the whole mystery. Yeah. There's no way around that. Like that's because if it, if it, if it, if that wasn't the important part, then Tom Sizemore would have had someone else to do the right. do the work, you know. And so how? And I think it's a responsibility. Just like you're saying, if you're if you're 
if you're going to do that, you have to, if, if the plus side of him is being black, that he gets the job, you have to have to see the downside of him being black to try to work, um, you know, to get the job done, to work in the world of, you know, the, the white bureaucrats and police officers, yeah. you know, it goes both ways, you know, because you'd be sugarcoating it if he could just walk in and see the guy running for mayor without people looking at him funny, True. you know. Yeah, so I and think I think it's I think you're I'm a, I guess what I'm saying is that I actually agree with you for once. It's painful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's on tape. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, especially because he because Denzel has to crap on other characters in his neighborhood, you know, people he liked, you know, like Joppy and, and these other characters that he'd, you know, has to come down pretty hard on them or screw them, you know, screw them over. Like, you know, screwing the, the guy's lady. And, you know, that that's just the reality of, you know, a uh, hierarchy of society is like when, when somebody comes down on you, you know, it, it it's, it has repercussions on the people around you and the people quote unquote below you or whatever you want to call it, you know, like people, it's just all this ancillary damage, but I'm getting, yeah, I'm, I didn't mean to get that deep. I wasn't, I was just, that's okay. I've been on context and actually pretend that we actually have brains. Reviews. Okay. I got to say too, I always pointed out when there is something like this, I love the randomness of a guy who just tries to cut down people's trees. I know. And, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that he actually becomes important later, like just briefly, like, and he, he never gets to say what he's going to say, but it's still, he's trying. <laughs> like, that's just one of those things, you know, like I said, I pointed out in other movies. I just love that little touch, like, like, okay, here's just some surrealism for you. You know, here's something just because everybody has someone goofy in the neighborhood they live in, you know, but right. you know, it, so it's just like, that's, that's great. <laughs> that guy, the actor is in a ton of stuff too. I don't um, know if you, I don't know if you guys recognized him. Henley. Yeah. He, he's in, uh, well, I know he's in Bullworth and, um, yeah. he was in something recently. Um, uh, Oh, Dolomite. It's my name. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah. what he was. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's in a lot of some pretty high-profile th- movies and shows and stuff too. Oh, he's in Collateral, which I really like. Yeah, yeah, he uh, played like a jazz musician that Tom Hanks or Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise kills. <laughs> yeah, because he gets a question wrong about Miles Davis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of trivia or casting yeah. things or not a lot to know about this movie. Yeah, be interesting to know where it was. I mean, I guess it's Malibu and uh, they mentioned Central Avenue, but I mean, I'm not familiar enough with LA to yeah appreciate. I'd it. imagine a lot of it. It was a back lot. Yeah, Th- this is a movie that to me is is good enough that I'd read the book. Like I read Out of Sight after seeing that movie. Oh yeah, and uh, this is one that I would be like, okay, I'll read this book. Yeah, it's pretty good, as I recall. I don't remember very well. I remember liking it. Uh, Although I never, uh, you know, it couldn't have been that great. I didn't ever read any of the other ones. Mm, that was mm. the only one I ever read. That's suspicious, given your passion for doing deep dives into people. I know. Yeah. 
Maybe it was terrible. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't remember very well. <laughs> hmm. So should they remake this movie? Hmm. I don't know. It would be interesting to see someone sort of pick pick up Walter Mosley's writings and and sort of either series or uh, you know movies or whatever you know HBO series or something like they did with um, Perry Mason. I think that was HBO. That was pretty good. Uh, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'd be curious to see what they could do with this if someone was, you know, wanted to create something out of it, out of all his books. And shows a ton of stories there to tell. And it's it's it, it, it's like one of those rare, or I don't know if it's rare, but one of those the things where it wouldn't feel so much like a remake, you know, or a reboot. It'd be more like adapting the book or books again. Yeah. Which is a little different, you know. Sometimes it's splitting hairs, but sometimes it is quite a bit different. Would you, yeah, would you try to con con clear up the confusion in the beginning, or would you just, like, start with... I guess you can't start with a murder, because it doesn't really happen right away. Um, start with the... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you would start with start with a bang, or try to kick the plot off more linearly. I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares if you're confused for half an hour? You'll get there. It's fine. Yeah, yeah just stick with it. <laughs> well, it's, it's like... a series. It's a series. That's okay. I mean, I think we've all bought into the idea of, okay, if you're going to watch it, you need to watch the first three episodes. Like, how many times does someone explain a series to you and say that? Don't judge it by the first episode. Yeah. You got to mm -hmm. watch three you know, like it, we're almost we're trained that way now. So sure. it doesn't matter that the first 20 or 30 minutes are confusing, you know, mm -hmm. that you don't you don't really understand why, why what's going on. Yeah. Also, anymore. sometimes it, it also depends why. Like there. There's usually there's at least two different reasons why you would say, oh, you, you know, you got to stick with it for a while. And one is that. It's just not very good, you know, for a while. <laughs> um, like I don't know if you guys are, are familiar. Like, have you ever watched the first season of Seinfeld? It's not yes. good, right? I'm an I, I'm a diehard Seinfeld fan. I love Seinfeld. That first season was rough. Yeah, it was all over. It was all over the place, you know. And in that regard, you're like, oh, you got to stick with it. But then you take something like Schitt's Creek, where for me, it's not that it was not good in the beginning. You stick with it because where it goes is so interesting. You know, the way it builds, the arcs of the characters are so interesting and so well done. So I forgot my damn point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old is tough. That, uh, is, that is the point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sure. Why not? Let's do a remake. <laughs> you know, you probably would have remembered watching it the first time if you weren't so busy sniffing glue throughout the 1990s. Oh, yeah. Glue markers, whatever I get my hands on, at, at an art supply store. <laughs> I don't know. I think you could be a teenager to watch this movie, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know that many teenagers have the patience for it. 
It doesn't have the pacing. Yeah. Yeah. I got to sit and think. I think. uh, So, yeah, we would have been in college when this came out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching it, but yeah, I I don't remember a damn thing about it. I knew I, I just and in fact, for like half the movie, I was trying to decide whether I had or had not seen it. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't usually happen to me. Usually, I can pick on something. Like I'll find some scene or something that I can go, "Oh yeah, that this is that movie. Got it. Okay." But it took me forever to figure out whether or not. Uh, and I eventually determined, like, yeah, I watched it. I just didn't uh, didn't pay attention very well because I mean, I, I you know, you can you can yeah, you don't have to pay attention that hard, that hard to get to the end. But there's no real big scene that that stands out as the the you know amazing acting or the i mean there is yeah like you you guys said like john Cheadle, he's his scenes pretty much stand out his yeah his addition to this kind of is memorable but other than that i don't i just remember being a little bit confused about all of it and i was you know less not as much <laughs> not as much now <laughs> obviously i'm still a little confused um because really what what is the end what is the ending the ending is what is the ending <laughs> what is the ending to you guys cuz he solves them they solve the problem as to why you know why the one candidate was looking for the other candidate's girlfriend they saw they right. solve these the reason why everything happened but the movie ends with the the discussion of Look, if if your if your friend's a bad person or does bad things, can you still be a friend with that person? Which I thought yeah, was interesting. Yeah. The movie yeah. takes a turn. It solves a, it answers a question it never asked until one minute before. They, <laughs> yes, they asked. Exactly. Like yeah. we just had a movie for an hour and forty minutes, and in hour forty one, we're going to ask this question: what friendship is. And in hour forty two, we're going to answer it, and then we're going to roll the t- or the credits. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it's so to which is fine if if you have more movies or TV shows where those two work together again, where yeah. he keeps calling them in and and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Um, but it did strike me as a little weird. I was like, well, that's nice. He's friends. But <laughs> I was like, wait a second. This movie wasn't about friendship. It was about solving a mystery. Right. You know. So, yeah, so the, that's, like you said, it's the, fen- the friendship with this Miles and Easy. But then the Carter, if I'm getting the names right, ca- the, his character and then the Jennifer Beale, the, the, the yeah. devil in the blue dress, she is, she is still in love with him and he ends it because of these political and racial overtones. Yeah, just the racial I mean, right, his, but his own family didn't support. His own family paid her to leave him. But I think right. But I'm saying that's what I'm. That's that was the to me that would that should have been the the takeaway. Which was wow. I mean, racism is so bad. You will deny the person you love just because of the you know politics and rumors and society. Right. Which is also not what the movie was about until that very moment. Right. <laughs> But it's still kind of, I mean, that's really shitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Denzel gets paid off and okay, well, you want me to take you home now? <laughs> like, that's it. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I didn't mention the music, but I don't think actually there was sort of a little bit of interest. I thought it was interesting about the music. What's that? That Elmer Bernstein composed an hour's worth of score for it, and they abandoned it in, in favor of, um, like period appropriate jazz beat. Uh, yeah, shit. Uh, I like the jazz. Yeah, they had they had jazz, but I mean they threw out his work. You know, like <laughs> hopefully they paid him for it. They probably did. Yeah, that's why you so much. Yeah. All right, what are we doing next? <laughs> uh, well, we are going to be joined by my first uh, guest. Hey. Um, which would be my wife, oh. Sam. We have another Sam joining us it in the next episode. Big. So this is her pick. And it was a surprising pick for me when she told me what she wanted to, us to discuss. Um, so I will give you a hint. It yes. is a hint. David Cronenberg film. Mm. And I would describe it as, let's probably give it away, as sci-fi horror. Uh, I was going to say Boxing Helena, but is it the Obi Gyn one? Yeah, that's not David Cronenberg. Oh, it's not? Boxing the... Helena? Oh, no, the, the Obi Gyn one I'm talking about. Oh, what? Boxing Helena I thought was David Cronenberg, but it's not. Okay. Um... You did. That's the only one I could. Sci-fi what? Sci-fi <laughs> horror. Horror. Uh, Sci-fi what? Sc- scanners. Um, oh, it's a remake of a classic horror. Oh, The Fly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have not seen that in quite a while. That either. to me is is Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. It's his breakout role. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um think i'm trying to uh, recall uh, look up where you can watch it um hmm. looks like it's uh, for rent <laughs> so folks our listeners if you'd like to watch ahead of time cough up 2.99 <laughs> sorry 3.99 <laughs> right hd <laughs> right. hey so that'll be a, that'll be a nice treat yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> do you have any help with the kids while this is <laughs> Actually, we do. <laughs> good, good. Well, it depends. It depends when uh, when we uh, record that episode. Okay. We, we can discuss that offline. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, they're pretty good when they go to sleep, but not always. So, it's good to have mm-hmm. backup. So, yeah, the fly. All right. And that's, uh, is it it? Oh, never mind. So, I'll, I'll save it till next time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this was pretty great. Maybe our best. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the intern's shaking their head. Yes, it's our best one. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Glad they approve. <laughs> I'll send it back down into their basement. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sprawl space. All right. Adios. Yes. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Laters. <laughs> you please don't use that. What's <laughs> <laughs> going in there for sure? <laughs> Help me.